are live for the first one of one episode of the new Sports Wagering University podcast. This is going to be a fun little trio we got on board today for this first time endeavor. This is going to be a weekly show, but like I said, this is the first Sports Wagering University podcast episode. We've got a couple other fine fellows here with me other than myself. And I have Paul Conley, at Conley Paul on Twitter. Make sure to give him a follow. Chris Farley, Mr. Circa, Circa himself, at Farley Bets. We'll get into that. This is going to be a good educational program based around the events of the Circa contest that took place this year. We've got some really good familiarization tools and tidbits to get into for you guys. And like I said, this is the first of it all. You know, this is a huge jump in point for us three. I know we're really excited to work with each other. Without further ado, let's just send it in a rotisserie style introduction here. And, you know, we'll start with Paul. Paul, why don't you just talk a little bit about yourself and let the new listeners know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Devin. I'm excited about this. Uh, I have a, a, another podcast I started last year and I, I really enjoy it. You just get to sit here and talk. And I've loved sports my whole life. And then probably at about uh, eight, I participated in my dad's office football pool and you just had to pick the winners and it was on like a piece of paper. And I think you put in $2 and I took it seriously. I wanted to win. And I've, uh, and I graduated the four team teasers and all that fun stuff that I was doing when I was in high school. And, uh, I've just loved it. I love the industry, love, love sports, love sports betting. So excited to do this and, and try to educate and try to hopefully uh, get over on some of the sports books. Yeah. Someone's got to take over those books. They definitely do it to the people enough. So, uh, Chris, I mean, like Mr. Accolades over here with the, uh, the circuit contest stuff, but, uh, you know, I, we all got some wonderful backstories here. Mine started, I, I grew up in bowling alleys. So I saw in, in Oklahoma. So I saw a ton of gambling, a ton of, thousand dollar games by the time I was eight years old and I wanted to figure out how to wager and make money and stuff so sports like Paul you know I, I was very much so into it from my early age and from what I understand Chris as well it seems like we all just have a fanaticism oh yeah all, all a bunch of sports junkies yeah so Chris Farley uh, at Farley Bets on Twitter um yes Circa is probably the topic of the hour well actually it is the topic of the hour because that's what we're going to talk about today uh, I just feel very grateful for that. I mean, you can't ever like predict that you're going to win any money in Circa. It's like so tough to do. And it was our first entry. So it was awesome. But uh, we'll get to that later. A little bit about me. Yeah, I, I Paul actually brought back some memories for me. I, I remember playing my dad's pool every NFL week as well. I think it was also $2 for me, you know, not against the spread. You just pick the teams. Uh, but Rarely did anyone pick every team right. It was like, you know, usually like you got three wrong and you still won. Um, so I was always fascinated with sports too. Love football and basketball mainly, which makes sense because I'm an NFL and an NBA guy mainly in handicapping. Uh, hit hit 58% in the NBA last year, which kind of brought me onto the scene after I was given a chance at the Oddsbreakers to do some writing and podcasting. Still very grateful for that. Not sure where I would be without that. And I've been involved with this at Sports Wagering University now for a good uh, half a year and I could not be more excited guys I mean we are literally just talking about sports and how does sports bet and all the different things that go behind it and and, and you know and, and there's there's a lot 
there's a lot to talk about. Um, as I think the world is starting to see, you know, gambling is becoming a little less degenerate and more of a science. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's, you know, pretty awesome guys. And it's awesome to be here and just, I mean, I never consider this like work, you know, we're, we're talking about sports. We're talking about sports betting. You can't get any better than that. It's a definite fun thing to get into, you know, speaking to the new, new folks out there, not even new listeners, but just new people within this industry and this market, you know, it's, it's just like a bunch of different stuff throughout the country and people, you know, states are starting to legalize it in different ways. New York getting the mobile betting. That was huge. I'm sure folks have seen that all over business journals and Twitter and such, but, you know, we look and we see the scarlet letters starting to lose a little bit of that uh, brightness and it's, it's, it's starting to just lose less and less of that crimson and scarlet tone and people are wanting to learn how to make money on it. And that's what we're, you know, here for. And then also to educate, it's not about the money and making money and becoming rich and it's understanding the long view process and understanding the enrichment that goes into your knowledge and your data bank and the way that you discipline yourself. And uh, for one, I'm excited to learn more because, you know, we're, we're uh, all in this together and there's always some uh, knowledge reflections to have. So. Well, and to that point, you can't know it all. Like it is a never ending, always evolving, always changing science. And when you think you have something figured out, something completely different changes and, and throws you for a loop. So uh, this is going to be really exciting. Yes. And, you know, just to further more talk about, you know, the education aspect of this. And, you know, that is the backbone of Sports Wagering University here. And, you know, make sure to go over to sportswageringu.com uh, to make sure to check out upcoming classes. We got a awesome class coming up for February going to be college basketball featured and uh you know Mr. Kyle Hunter out there for you guys on the Twitter sphere that know the name he is also involved here with uh SWU so make sure to give the Twitter page at sports wagering you a follow go to our website get familiar with all the content and uh, get to familiarize yourself with our guys starting with us three right here doing this podcast it's the perfect time to do it. You got to get ready for March Madness. Oh, man. March. You have to. And then, I mean, guys, is there anyone better than Kyle Hunter? I don't know if you guys saw his college football record this year, but uh, if, if there was a college football circa, I'm pretty sure Kyle would have done really well. <laughs> he would have been <laughs> tough mean, to beat. He was, a, he was hot this year. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. He's I mean, always... Somehow, some way, we've assembled quite a group at, at Sports Wager University. Uh, I mean, those, these classes are going to be awesome. Well, I think that actually brings up a point that has to be said. It's be my guess is it's because a lot of people want to help other people and they want to educate people. There's so many people that, that kind of want to sell the picks and want to do the things that, you know, Hey, my lock of the century of the week of the month. And this, you, you're putting together a good group of people because they want to educate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, and, and isn't that a consequence of what happens? I mean, not to get off on a rant here, but, you know, sports betting becoming so legalized everywhere. It's also becoming incredibly oversaturated. You know, there's everybody and their brother kind of thinks that they can give out a pick or that they're an expert on this or that. But there, there are real processes and real there's a real discipline to this, uh, especially for that long term view, which is you know, everybody wants to win instantly today. But 
hey, that circuit contest took 19 weeks of prep. You know, uh, it wasn't, I'll, I'll, I'll be firsthand experience. It was not easy and it was very stressful. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, you can't just, you can't just stumble into this without any principles and expect to win on the long-term basis. Right, right. And th- the thing that we should honestly point out also here is with a lot of new betters and a lot of new markets come a lot of other people that don't want to help folks out that are poachers, you know? So yeah, it sucks that it's out there, but it's in every industry, pharmaceutical, big tobacco, uh, commerce, uh, hospitality, whatever you want, whatever you work at, you know, unfortunately there are those uh, negative go-getters out there. So that's, you know, another thing that we want to help with is also making sure that everyone knows that it's a safe thing to get into. There's a lot of people that are on the fence about betting and how to do it, obviously. So, you know, and, you know, speaking of being familiar with certain things within the industry, the Circa, I know we keep referencing the Circa, the Circa, the Circa. Well, Chris, do you want to explain the Circa? I mean, I feel like you probably have the more right here than anyone, but <laughs> sure, you know, it's, sure. It's, I feel like you know something about yeah, this contest, you, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could, I, I got a definition right here in front of me and some great notes, but you know, I, you know, you go for it. Sure. Yeah. Now I, I can't give you the history. I'm not sure how long the circuit contest has been around. I think quite some time, I think. Time. Um, uh, but I do think, I mean, according to other sharp sports betters, it's, it's kind of surpassed the super contest as far as just uh, legitimacy, the prizes that you can win. Uh, so this year, you know, every year it varies, but this year there was over 4,000 contestants, 4,087 to be exact, I believe. Um, and you, you know, you have to register before the season, obviously, and you have to register in Las Vegas. Right. It's still, excuse me, it's still one of those, you know, it's kind of old school in that way, right? You yeah. can't just go online and, uh, but, but a great way to do that or, and still to be able to compete in the contest is then you get a proxy after that. Um, and there are, you know, proxies that professional sports bettors know, but there are also proxies that are just available to everybody, you know, so you, you pay for a proxy service and that proxy service puts in your picks every week. So you don't have to be there in Las Vegas, actually going to the circus sports book. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I consider it the foremost um, NFL sports betting contest in the country. Um, there's a ton of participants, a ton of really sharp guys in there every year. I mean, Steve Fezzik, who yeah. has, I believe has won it twice. Um, you know, I, I know some of the guys that I rub elbows with, uh, Chris in Vegas, who has won multiple times was in it this year. Um, I'm pretty sure he's in it every year. And there's also Circus Survivor, which is like a traditional survivor contest just at a, you know, on a bigger scale. And of course, maybe perhaps the most important part is what you're paid at the end. Uh, the top 50 contestants at the end of the season do get paid out. First place gets a million. Uh, and then between 15 and first place is anywhere between, I, I believe, 25 grand um, up to like 325 grand. And then uh, I believe 16th through 50th get paid like a distribution of 230,000. So, um, but you know, it, that all sounds great, but to make it to that top 50, you, you know, just ask some pro sports bettors who were in it, who had remarkable records, like 62, 63%, and they didn't get, and they didn't get any money. Um, and, 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 you know, in the, in this industry, if you're hitting over 54%, you're usually considered a very, very sharp, um, better. Uh, so in order for us to win in the, in the first, in the fifth place this year, uh, we, we hit 68%, which is Jesus. just, I mean, there has to be, you know, we can get into more of that, but there, the variance throughout the season, 
you know, listen, the whistle was blown our way a few times. The ball bounced our way a few times. Definitely bounced against us a few times too. You know, sometimes it's a little bit of a, a prayer and a little bit of luck too. But um, I, so I think I covered that well, Devin. I don't know how long it's been around. That's the one thing I should probably, uh, you know, I, I, probably I, know I probably should have fact checked that as you were talking, but I was honestly captivated <laughs> by you, you talking. I was listening up. So uh, I'm sure that's something we can definitely confirm. But I know it's been going for at least, shoot, I mean, at least, I want to say, did it make it into the 90s? Was it in the 90s? I don't know. I'm been around that. for a while. I can definitely find out. Um, I've obviously personally never partaken. Uh, you know, so the proxy service side of that, you know, whenever you talked about that, you know, that was something that even me being involved with this project and a quote unquote seasoned experience sports better and all that good stuff. Uh, I honestly didn't even think to put a thought about the whole proxy and how you would get your picks there and everything. Cause mm. I knew you registered in person. So that's uh, no, that was a good little tidbit of information that I didn't even know about the circuit. So awesome. And, and just looking at, I mean, you think about it, you think, oh, okay, they pay the top 50 people of 4,000 people. You're in the top 1% in arguably one of, if not the number one sports book NFL contest, and you have to be consistently above three and two each week to be able to get there. Yeah. You know, one bad week can really sink the whole thing. Uh, so it's just, it's amazing, honestly. Like I'm looking at the standings now. It's just incredible that, uh, you know, that you, you guys were able to be there and, what were those final few weeks like, you know, cause you were, <laughs> you weren't exactly in first or in fifth or and where were you going into the final two weeks? Walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate you asking that. I mean, we were, I could say plenty about that. Uh, we were, uh, you know, getting more excited and more nervous at the same time. Um, I think we were, I think at the point where we were starting to get really like, Oh, this is possible is I believe in like week 14 or 15, we hit the top 50. Uh, so we were like hovering around the second page for a very long time, like 70th, you know, 58th, uh, just like all around there. So we were, you know, we were in it. Um, we were being very consistent. So we had a lot of four and one weeks, you know, three and two, four and one, an occasional five and oh. And we only had one week early in the season, I believe it was like week two or three where we went one and four. So, you know, that was like, oh, you know, I don't know, you know, because you do realize that right away, you can't have more than a few weeks like that or else you're, you know, you're basically out of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, every week we would just climb a little bit more. Uh, we went to 22nd, I believe, at one point. And then uh, the week leading up to the final, you know, week 18, we were in 12th place. Uh, so we were, you know from our perspective, we were within firing range of, of you making some real considerable money. And I must say, I mean, you do feel that, right? Uh, just, just, just as a regular guy, I mean, I, I'm absolutely a regular guy in most ways. I mean, I, I have a nine to five job. I have a wife. I have a German shepherd. I have, a, you know, I, I have a house that I pay a mortgage on. I mean, I have stuff to take care of. Um, so leading up to that, you, you almost feel pressure uh, just like, Hey, I, you know, I, I really, this money's within sight for my family, you know, for, for, for us to be able to do some things. So like, I really don't want to mess this up because you know, you're in 12th place, you go one and four, you're probably not going to make any money. 
you go two and three, you're probably not going to make any money. If you're lucky three and two, maybe you still hang around. Um, yeah. So, but you know, I will say we could talk more about the process, but Steve and I, um, so I, I, I should have mentioned this at the beginning and Steve, if you're listening, I'm sorry that I didn't. So this contest was answered by me and my best friend who I knew at the start of the season was a really sharp NFL handicapper. And I was like, Steve, you need to, you know, you need to get more on the scene here. Why don't we enter the circuit contest together? You create a Twitter and, and then we'll like, you know, go about this and create a podcast every week. Uh, cause it's the first time for both of us entering. And, uh, so that's kind of storybook itself. Like the fact that we haven't had any prior experience, uh, we just chatted about it every week, but really that process that we can get into more, if you guys would like, I mean, of, of sticking to how we talked about these games every week, we really did not deviate because at a certain point we were doing well and I didn't want anything to corrupt you know, you get so superstitious as a, as a sports better. I didn't want anything to come in between that and, uh, you know, distract us in any way. So it was, that was tough to do. That was, that was probably one of the harder parts of actually staying on course was sticking to the same process. Yeah. And you see how many different processes go into, uh, these contests and just a little background information. I said, I would dig up, uh, you know, Derek Stevens operating the thing out there, uh, which, uh, really great guy. I, I was fortunate enough to talk to him on my previous podcast today on sports betting, uh, right when they opened up on June 1st and 19. Now, as far as the contest goes, um, I believe it's tied to the same start date as that actual Circa Resort there. So going on, I think the third year, uh, fourth, be fourth year here soon. So we're about to see the half decade oh, wow. okay. of the, now I think, there was some name change or so. So the, the contest itself, I think, has a few more years in the age uh, department. But as far as the circus sportsbook and their new resort yeah. and everything and uh, where the contest is held at June 1st, 2019. I, yeah, I, I believe the Westgate Super Contest uh, was the one that's been around for quite some time. Westgate's that, been around yes, for, that's, for a few yeah. decades. That's the yeah. one I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah. And that's also the one that Steve Fezzik won multiple times and others have won, you know, that he kind of won became it more, twice. Yep. yeah, yeah, it became more prominent through those. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. I guess that's why they call it circus sports million three. That makes three. sense. <laughs> that makes sense. We, we cracked that code. Okay. We're yeah, in yeah, the yeah. trilogy. Some... <laughs> yeah. So this process, Chris, uh, you know, because principles are very important here at SWU, you know, they're going to be heavily prominent throughout each course, each podcast, each content piece that we do discipline staying true to your system you know like you said you got to fight off different um, superstitions as a better you know how how did you stay true to that you know the results probably made it pretty easy but (laughs) (laughs) when Um, when you have testing outside factors how do you stay true to that well I'll start with saying you know I think I think Steve um you know, not only just because he's my friend, because, you know, oftentimes you don't really want to go in business with your friends, you know, that could, you know, corrupt things. But uh, Steve, Steve has this, um, like, exceedingly confident way about him, almost like brash, you know, he, he like, when he has, like, a, you know, a final decision about a bet, it's, it's, it's like, well, you almost start believing it, you know, you're like, wait a second, even if you're, categorically against what he's saying <laughs> uh whereas i'm the traditional like overanalyzer. so i thought that we made a good combination because uh he could you know he could talk me off overanalyzing 
but I could also give him some tidbits to think about. Um, you know, obviously Steve, a, a hyper analyzer as well, but he doesn't let it hold him back like I do sometimes. So we were just a good one-two punch in that way. In um, some parts of our process, so we had a Wednesday podcast every week at 6.30 live on Twitter. You know, that would go up in the Oddsbreaker stream. And really, that's, where, that's what started the process. We didn't think about the lines too much before that. I mean, it's really, it doesn't make much sense to think about the lines much before that, especially in a COVID year, right, with the, yeah. all the things that can come up. Uh, but just with injuries in general and all the things that can come up in an NFL week, you know, the, these lines are going to change. And when they come out in Circa on Thursday, they lock into those lines. So they don't, they don't change after that. And usually they're released around like 12 o'clock on Thursday uh, uh, Pacific time. I think it's around there uh, so we talk about it on wednesday and then the lines would come out and based on our um, observations and our and our angles which were really speculative on wednesday you know now we can start to see like where the lines are and kind of how that fits with our narratives and from there we would just text a lot back and forth again not overthinking these things but but um you know making sure that we're challenging each other's notions enough to where you know this is something i'm thinking about where whether it's line movement or whether, you know, it's a matchup advantage, you know, you, you have to carry on the conversation, whether it's with yourself or with whoever you're um, entering on the conversation, entering into the contest with, um, because, you know, if you're, if you're, I, in my opinion, if you're just trusting your, uh, the gut instinct initially, oftentimes those are right, by the way, mm-hmm. but uh, it's probably, you know, not likely that all five of your like initial gut instincts are going to be right. So, uh, so it was just a lot of back and forth through through text. And probably the biggest thing that we did is we trusted our own assessments and our own numbers. And we did not listen. I made it such a point. It was so hard to do because I love podcasts about sports betting. Oh, yes. Like, I'm probably going to listen to this one back, you know, right. because, hey, it's. Uh, but I listened to zero NFL podcasts, like just nothing. Um, all, all the information that I got was objective. You know, so it was, you know, facts and injuries and data. Uh, but I didn't want even 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 those guys out there who I really respect in the sports betting world. I didn't want them to lead me in one direction because, you know, I, we really wanted our picks to be our picks. Yeah. Um, so we really stuck to that every week. I mean, I didn't read articles. I didn't listen to podcasts. And it was just me and Steve talking things through. And of course, you know, there's a big history of paying attention to football and sports betting on football for a long time before we entered the contest, you know, for years and years on end. Uh, but it's, I think it's about trusting yourself. It's about avoiding distractions and it's about not overthinking because I guarantee you, if I was in the contest alone, I would have done well, but there's no way that I would have placed, you know, Steve's the combination of me and Steve, I think, you know, either find the right partner or find a way to, you know, to play contrarian with yourself or to make yourself more confident, you know, <laughs> because uh, it's, it's really hard to put those in, especially when you're under pressure at the end, like, all right, those picks are locked in. So here we go from here on, and there's nothing you can do to change it. So you better be confident and better be final. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you can, you can overanalyze all, all day and all night, you know, so you have to trust your assessment and you have to trust your own numbers at a certain point. Right, right. So what ha- you know, what happened when you guys were sitting there talking through it? So you've got, you know, 16 games a week, most weeks. So did you if you liked this one side and maybe did you guys come independently with your 
your picks? And then, you know, if you guys differed, you just crossed the game off. What, what did the pro that the actual picking process yeah. look like? Yeah, that's a really good question. So we would never share our insights before the podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we did very little, you know, like right away, Steve, I'm leaning on this, you know, like, you know, what do you think? But nothing, you know, you know, nothing like in depth. Um, and I think that's a really good point, Paul, because that was actually when we went on the podcast. And if you listen back to any of those podcasts, there's a real visceral response from both of us, I think, as we're hearing the other person say what they what they think, you know, because I, I would I would march into the podcast sometimes like wait till Steve hears this narrative. I got the matchup figured out. I'm very confident about this. But Steve would give me something that I'll be like, oh, wow, like that, that is something I haven't thought about at all. A great example was um, uh, when the, when the Steelers faced the, uh, the Browns, I believe in week, in week 17. Um, I really liked the Browns in that contest. I thought that the Browns were going to, you know, they were kind of due for a big game, but then just because I wasn't thinking about it, I don't think I would have made the bet ultimately, but Steve reminded me, Hey, Chris, this is big Ben's last game at Heinz field how are we going to go against big Ben? Right. I mean, we, and I would say probably the most consistent thing for us all year were motivational angles. You know, we, uh, Steve is very good at that too. I really have to give him a lot of credit for that, but we are not afraid to talk about that and base our bets almost entirely off that. If, if, if the data and other things support it, and there's a motivational angle in there that is going to send this team, you know, they're going to make this team play mentally harder than the other team. Uh, that might be something that a lot of people aren't thinking about, right? Like after the Raiders went through all that turmoil, we played on them the next week because they were, well, I don't know if we played on them after the John Gruden stuff, but I think, I, I think either it was Henry Ruggs or it was something, but we, we played off. They the won the game. Home. They won after Gruden. Yeah. They Is did. That the one? Right? And it was on the road. Denver. Too, I they played at Denver and they, yes. they won. Yes. And we also played on the Raiders. Uh, oh, we didn't play on the Raiders. We thought about playing the Raiders after John Madden died because, oh, that um, smart, yeah. you know, there, there's just extra, like, you know, mental, motivational things that happen. These are still human yeah. beings right. who are professional athletes and they can live up to their full potential, even just for one game sometimes. Right. So, um, so really the, the, the assessments and the, uh, and the angles were very fresh on the podcast. And I think it made us always take a step back, like live on air. And then we would kind of, we would always leave the podcast with two to four, probably two to three bets that we both really like together because it just kind of hit together on the podcast. There's a chemistry to the, you know, when you talk about all the different angles, whether it's, you know, data matchups, like how good this team is against the run, et cetera. Uh, and then, you know, home field, the spot, the motivation, and just how good the team is, obviously, compared to the other team. When all those things add up, we would always come away with at least a few picks that we really like. And, and that was such, that was such a comfort, even in the last week, even in the last week that happened, I felt very <laughs> nervous about that last week. And we still came away from that podcast with the solid two picks that we both really liked. So um, I don't know, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm, I've been speculating on this all week, right? Because it's like, how, like, what am I supposed to believe that I'm like the sharpest NFL handicapper after this? Like, that's not, you know, I mean, that I don't, you know, nobody really knows anything in this, in this, in this sport of sports betting, right? Like we're all, we're all just kind of guessing and trying to figure it out. But I do think that you can come up with plenty of trends. And, and if you find the right contrarian thinking and partner, then that's even better. 
Yeah, there are a mm-hmm. lot of different processes. So contrarian, it, you know, it, it's like an extrapolated uh, daily fan. You know, you got to make your right plays, your your chalk plays here and there, but you've got to, you've really got to nail those contrarian plays. Um, and, you know, you, you spoke about the paralysis by over analysis aspect of it a lot. And I know for sure, especially when I get digging in the college basketball, I, I love to, uh, okay, well, where do I go from here? Um, this is a lot of information, but uh, sounds like you guys did a great job at capitalizing on your, on your process and not allowing that paralysis to get a chance to really set in. Well, yeah. And, and something I should point out too, is um, we really didn't think about what anybody else was picking the entire time. I don't, I don't, I don't think that should be a part of anybody's process. Now, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there are guys that have like won a few times super contests and they always think about that. I, but for us um, to eliminate picks because you think many people are going to pick them might still rob you of a win. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I mean, at the, at the last week we were thinking about that a little bit, but ultimately we didn't let that, you know, play a deciding factor um, in our final picks because, at the end of the day, you're just trying to get the best record possible, you know, and, and, and if you do have that, then uh, at least you'll have the best shot at being towards the top. Is there a uh, pick that either sticks out this year that was awesome or maybe one that, that really uh, sticks out for the wrong reasons? Yeah, another great question. I mean, I, um, I will say week 17 stuck out in general because it was, it felt really easy. And I was like, what is happening here? Like we didn't, we didn't sweat in a single game in week 17. Um, I'm trying to go back and look at what uh, those picks were. I mean, I know, I know we had the Patriots. That was another huge line. I mean, Patriots, I think, I believe were minus 16 or minus 15 and a half. Um, Jacksonville. Yeah. 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 Against Jacksonville at home, right. To um, earn a playoff berth. Yeah, uh, but we know, right? Some of the data, like without getting too into the data, we know that those big lines, even though they're scary, they hit more often than they don't. Um, so we didn't shy away from those. But so I would say week seventeen in general stood out because, you know, here we are going five and zero, oh, no sweats at all. That's like, oh, okay, so we could we could actually do something here, uh, and things are just kind of. But um, I mean, I I have to say this, Paul. Uh, in week eighteen, the Browns game stands out because that was our one loss, and. Uh, mm-hmm. That felt a little phony, uh, but but also in week 18, the fact that the Bills scored that final touchdown, I mean, I still don't know why they went for a touchdown there. They didn't have to do that at all. Uh, so it felt like that was a little bit of um, a divine intervention. Uh, and there was definitely a few other spots. I mean, Steve is an Eagles fan. I'm a Giants fan. So, somehow we're still yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I must say at the beginning of the year, we said, we're not going to play many Eagles and Giants games because it's too, it's too much pressure. Cause you know, if we, if we pick them to lose, then we're still going to want them to win. We played the Giants and Eagles almost every week. <laughs> and, I'm a Dolphins and, fan. And I think I played the Dolphins like 16 of 18 <laughs> weeks or something. Yeah, you know that team because though too. That's it. We know the NFC East. Like I, and I know the Giants tendencies. I mean, which quite frankly, I know how bad the Giants are, you know, and, and, um, like I know how they couldn't score, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've been anticipating matchups every week. Like maybe this is the week we can score. And, and so if I'm saying they can't score no. Um, so I think, I think that's it too. You can't be afraid to put your personal team and your personal like analysis of who you want to win kind of to the side. Yeah. You can bet with your heart. It's okay. 
people do worse <laughs> with their hearts. <laughs> yeah. Well, in my case, bet against my heart because I would bet against. I mean, I almost one hundred percent would bet against the Giants. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. 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 Well, guys, I, we got probably a couple minutes left on here. Uh, you know, kind of want to reverse engineer the intro and kind of do what's called an outro here and just refamiliarize everyone. Uh, you know, some of the stuff we talked about at the top and make sure that we keep the excitement level up as we move on to episode two, because, uh, I mean, the, the sky's the limit here with sports wagering university, and we got a ton of sharp minds on board and, uh, you're just going to see more and more, um, different personalities and involvement and learning courses. So, I'm, like I said, thankful to be a part of this. I can't wait to learn from but Ron Ace, you know, like an original player in the game. So, uh, Chris, Paul, I'll let you guys kind of have your little uh, monologues, you, you know, outro messages, all that good stuff. Don't forget to follow me, though, at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. So, I, I think this has been great. It's so cool. Congratulations, Chris. Uh, uh, it's really cool to hear the process and the way you guys do things and the way you did it. So congratulations and thanks for being on. Um, anything you want to leave us or, or the listeners for today? Well, I just want to say, man, that time flew by guys. Um, I, can, I mean, quite honestly, uh, you know, and this is kind of Steve and I's or me and Steve's brand, you know, we're, we're just like regular guys who love sports and love sports betting. And this is all surreal to me still. So it's hard for me to not be long-winded about Circa. I, 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 I'm just, I'm like high in the sky right now, but um, I just appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to talk about it at Farley Bets and follow us at Sports Wager U. I mean, so many classes, podcasts, and opportunities to learn more about sports betting is around the corner, guys. And this, this is only the beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Paul, Chris, I, I did that earlier. I combined y'all's names and y'all sound like a KISS member, so uh anyways uh that'll be easy for me to remember everyone and uh you know this was a blast like you said it, it went way too fast uh you know we don't have a formal outro other than the fact that we're happy to do this and again at sports wagering you guys make sure to follow us and go to that website get 